Right to be read podcast, episode number 139. Interview with Jay Summit. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. It's me, Ani Alexander, and today, as always, with this episode two, I will be trying to encourage and inspire you. And today's episode is truly inspirational because I am talking to Jay Samet. Jay is a dynamic entrepreneur who is widely recognized as one of the world's leading experts on disruption and innovation. He launches billion-dollar businesses, transforms entire industries, revamps government institutions, and for over three decades continues to be at the forefront of global trends. His best-selling book, Distract You, is go-to book for starting entrepreneurs, and it will help you achieve success that you deserve. So let's just go straight to the interview, and I promise that at the end of it, you will feel completely inspired and encouraged. Hello there, Jay. I'm really happy to have you over. Thank you so much for coming to the Right to be Right podcast. My pleasure. It's been very interesting because I've seen you online quite a lot. It seems like we have loads of uh, common friends around. And also I've seen your book cover, your recent book cover a lot, like in many, many places. I guess that's because, um, you know, um, the covers that stand out are not too many, especially in nonfiction. So this one was really kind of different. So um, before we talk about the main things I want to cover, and I'm sure that it will bring loads of value to my listeners, I just want to follow your journey, like, you know, your story. How did you get where you are right now? Uh, so I got out of college like many people expecting that you then find a great job. And I got out during a recession and there were no jobs. So with nothing as a choice, I decided to print up some business cards for a dollar and made up a fake company that was going to do special effects in Hollywood, went out, didn't even make myself a boss of my own company. And when you suddenly have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of business, you then have to go out and hire people to know how to do what you just said you could do. And so I became an accidental entrepreneur 30 years ago. And in the course of doing that and creating technologies, uh, the first uh, online auction, which grew into eBay, working with Reed Hoffman, which grew into LinkedIn, and all these various businesses that now connect the 6 billion of us that are online, I realized a pattern. And it is most people don't start businesses because they're afraid, they don't know how. And so Disrupt You was sharing that knowledge. And uh, it's now translated in six languages and has become the go-to book for starting entrepreneurs. Okay, so can we say that you're from the very rare lucky people? Uh, and I'm saying lucky, like, you know, relatively in brackets, most probably, uh, which uh, who never actually had a corporate job. I started straight away, but uh, I did take three corporate jobs uh, in my career where I was an entrepreneur, meaning large companies, EMI, the world's largest music company, the home of, of the Beatles and Pink Floyd and Queen, and uh, were suddenly facing decimation by Napster. So I came in to turn them into a digital company. I did the same with Universal Studios and then 
I rose to have a global role trying to transform Sony. So, so the only times I've, I've ever had a, a boss in that sense was to create a new division or transform a company. Okay, I see. So what I, I'm always wondering, like there are so many successful entrepreneurs who end up writing books, nonfiction books. So and usually it's not like they, you know, they need the money or visibility or reputation, because most of them already have that. And you're one of them as well. So what actually made you want to write a book at first place? So uh, two things. One, I've been very lucky, as you said, very successful, gotten to work with, with so many of the great minds of, of my generation, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and the president and the Pope and all these people. And I felt it was my responsibility to pay it forward, uh, to share what knowledge I may have accumulated or my peers have accumulated to make the journey easier for the next generation. The second issue is actually a higher goal. When I look at the problems in the Greek economy in Spain, when I look at what's happening with ISIS, I don't see issues of race, culture, religion. What I see is massive unemployment for those under 30. It's the single biggest destabilizing force in, in our world today. And the reason is there are no corporate jobs. The Fortune 500 companies, that the, the, those, those safe, stable jobs, only 57 of the original Fortune 500 companies are still around. So for this generation of millennials, 2.3 billion of them, they're going to have to learn how to create their own opportunities. And so what Disrupt You focuses on is teaching people, if you have problems in your life, congratulations. Obstacles are really just opportunities in disguise. All that an entrepreneur does is solve problems for others. And the more people you solve for, the more money you make. So the book was taking everything that, that I and, and the people that I work with have, have learned, distilling those lessons, regardless of whether you want to become a writer, whether you want to change the educational system in your country, regardless of what change you want to do, they all follow the same process. And most people want to change the world, but they don't realize it starts with changing themselves. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you mentioned in the beginning that there are many people who actually want to become entrepreneurs, but they have many reasons that keep them away. And kind of, you know, they, they see loads of obstacles, they get different fears. Uh, what are the most common ones, according to you, what people are afraid of? And why don't they just take the risk and actually act and start doing something in that direction? So the, the first one, which seems to be the biggest, is fear of failure, embarrassment. You know, people forget no one ever led a company or a nation by following in the footsteps of somebody else. You're really going to have to go out there. And, and one of the great stories is you have to understand the difference between failing and failure. Failing is learning what doesn't work. Failure is throwing in the towel and giving up. So early in my career, there were two guys that I got to work with that started a a company and they had a clever idea. What if you hook up a computer to traffic lights and synchronize traffic and get rid of urban urban congestion? And they were sure that they were going to be brilliantly successful. They went out and no city planner understood what they were saying. The company was called Trapo Data and it went bankrupt. Uh, the two founders of that company were named Bill Gates and Paul Allen. So they started a second company called Microsoft, which did sixteen thousand dollars its first year and then did a little bit better. But the point is, Walt Disney filed for bankruptcy. Uh, Hen Henry Ford failed multiple times, but they didn't give up. So if you can get over that fear, and it's the same with an author, 
oh, you write something and a publisher rejects you. Okay, that's one person's opinion. Are you going to stop or are you going to continue? Okay, I see. Well, basically, uh, there are many people who actually argue saying, I mean, you, you always end up with excuses when you don't really feel like doing something for different reasons. So, I mean, the excuses I'm getting from writers who want to become full-time writers and, and make a career out of it, the main excuse is basically lack of time and lack of money. Um, so, so let me address the, those two. Yeah. Lack of time. Uh, more than 70% of the billionaires on planet Earth are self-made meaning they didn't inherit it, they didn't have connections. And last time I looked, they have the same 24 hours in a day that you and I do. <laughs> exactly, <Okay>? yeah. <laughs> so so simple question to say to yourself, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. It really comes down to believing that you can and you will find the time. Uh, you know, If you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. I am a public CEO of a public company with 700 employees Uh, doing business in 70 countries around the world, and I had time to write a book, and I do public speaking, and I teach a university course, and I write a column for the Wall Street Journal. You make the time. Uh, this, the second one is is money. Yeah, You can always find a way to make a living, but you're going to trade a day of your life for that job. So unless you want to just have your life go by with no goal, Start planning, start writing, start creating what your future wants to be. You won't get anywhere if you don't have a plan. And a dream with a deadline suddenly becomes a plan. And that's what people have to start focusing. That's what the self-disruption part of Disrupt You is all about, is really teaching people the tools. You can have everything you want out of life. You just can't get it all at once. So how do you map out your priorities? How do you make things happen? Time for your family, your community, your career. and Once you start having a plan, you can act on it. You don't need to know all the steps to get there, but you can work backwards from the goal and end up with something that is actionable. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't have a book agent. I didn't know any publishers. I didn't set out with, wow, this is, this is going to be easy. But I tackled it the same way I would tackle any opportunity. What are the pieces you need to succeed? So if you're sitting alone and believe it's, you know, Just writing, that's a small piece of the puzzle. Who's going to buy it? Who knows about the story? How are you going to reach the world? The good news is with social media, you are one click away from over a billion people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, I love this phrase that dream with a deadline becomes a plan. It's, it's exactly like, you know, uh, we don't really think about it that way. And we all uh, very... Often we get accused by pragmatic people saying that we are daydreaming or we spend too much time on things that won't work. And, you know, there are loads of naysayers around you usually. Uh, but, um, you know, once you yourself believe in the things and envisage the things that are going to happen, then it takes a completely different shape, I guess. So... Um, Let's talk about, uh, I mean, since you obviously you're one of them and you also uh, worked with uh, very successful entrepreneurs, what is the role of passion 
in the whole puzzle and uh, how important it is and how it's related to success. So passion, motivation, whatever you want to call it, too many people listen to everybody that gave up on their dreams to convince themselves to give up on theirs, which makes no sense to me. Um, when you're young, you go through an entire lifetime of basically people telling you what you can't do. Teachers tell you you're not good at math or you're not good at public speaking or you're not good at writing or you're not good at this. And people start to internalize these beliefs. And in reality, you are as limitless as the universe. You can achieve anything that you want. Matter of fact, the only things that have ever been achieved by mankind are things where somebody said, I can do it and then figured it out. So the second you get those self-imposed blinders off and you learn to disrupt yourself, you suddenly see endless possibilities. And I got to talk to and meet some people that have done amazing stuff. Teenagers, um, I'll give you a great story. Um, uh, a girl in middle school, about 14, 15 years old, her aunt comes down with breast cancer. Her mom's devastated. It's the mom's sister. They're crying. This girl wants to help something for this aunt that she loves, but she's not a scientist. She doesn't know anything. But in school, she learned how to build a, a, a neural network, uh, and she made a little um, soccer uh, football video game. And she said, what if I take the same programming that they taught us in school? What if I could do this for breast cancer detection? Make a long story short, a year later, she finished her little project, which is now uh, 99.99% accurate, more accurate than any test used by any doctors and hospitals. And thanks to this teenage girl who no one told her she couldn't, she saves about 40,000 women's lives a year. Wow. Inspiring. Yeah. Amazing. And, and the, the good news is you are one click away from knowledge or one click away from mentors. You know, LinkedIn can connect you with anyone, anywhere. Same with Twitter, same with Facebook. But motivation is kind of like a shower. You know, you need it daily. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why I tweet, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of tweets is the hundreds of thousands of people to follow me on Twitter at Jay Samet. I'm tweeting daily motivation and inspiration for entrepreneurs and people that are trying to make a difference in our world. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and I have a feeling that um, these days, um, someone can't be just one thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm having writers who would prefer eventually only to write. But I guess that doesn't work anymore. I mean, if you want to be a successful writer, then besides writing a book, good book, you actually also have to know about social media you also have to know about marketing you also have to engage with your readers and there's so many different components do you agree that these days you can't really end up just you know focusing and staying only in one doing one thing only well the era where you're going to get a job and 40 years later you're going to get a gold watch is over uh, the average person will have many many jobs and whether by choice or circumstance, every career will get disrupted. So even if you think you're taking the safe route and you have the safe job, really, it's an illusion. So mm -hmm. it's not that security robs ambition. It's the illusion of security that's robbing ambition. So for a writer, your writing will be better um, if you have more life experience. Your, your writing will be enhanced by what you do and the unique path and journey you take. When I was in college, I wanted to be a writer. I 
uh, wrote for the school paper. Uh, and I, I ghost wrote a poem uh, uh, for someone else. And I realized that, yes, I enjoy the process. I enjoy communicating, but I didn't see how I could make a living from it. And that was, you know, decades ago. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, I write for publications and I, I blog online and, and I built up a following that then allows you to go to market with your book where you have um, a built-in audience that will not only buy your book, but tell people about your book, share your book, retweet your book. And that's really what it takes. You are going to have to be that marketing department. It's no different for a band. A band doesn't just sit there and write a song and sit in their garage. They have to build up their social media following. They have to tour. They have to meet more people. They have to expand their universe. So every artist has to not just make the art, but figure out how to create a market for their art. Yeah. Agree. Agree totally. So uh, did you self-publish your book or you went with a publisher? So it's funny. I originally, my original intent was to just self-publish. And I went to uh, a, a company that helps people self-publish. And the head of the company, a guy named Tim Sanders, says, Jay, this is too good to self-publish. Uh, you need to go to a major publisher. And so I went about uh, getting a book agent. Uh, signed with Inkwell Management, a great, great company in New York. And several publishers were interested, and I ended up with, uh, in the U.S. Macmillan, uh, Bluebird Pam Macmillan in, in uh, uh, the U.K., and several other publishers around the world. It's now out in, in six languages. You can get Disrupt in Vietnamese. Um, so it's been an interesting journey. But I also give you an example of social uh, media, people like audiobooks. So I went out to social media and I said, do you prefer a Hollywood narrator with a great voice or do you prefer to hear the author? And overwhelmingly people said, we want to hear the author. So I oh, had to yeah. go in the studio and, you know, if you go on Amazon and get the audiobook or from Audible, that's nine hours of hearing my voice. So <laughs> I, I, I feel sorry for writer for read for listeners, but uh, people people seem to like it, and the reviews have been fantastic. Well, um, I'm not surprised actually, because um, somehow I have a feeling that um, the person who wrote the book has been with it and with the message and with this emotional aura about you know writing the book that uh, it, it's it sounds kind of fair to listen it from the person who wrote it. It's kind well, of the- yeah, it's a to little your, bit emotional too, I guess, right? To your your point, the passion comes comes through, and you know, so the the, the book disrupt you is in 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 three parts. The first part is about self disruption. You know, it's kind of like getting plastic surgery, but you're holding the scalpel. It's it's how to change your outlook on how you see yourself and how you see the world. The second third is is covers every type of business and industry. Uh, marketing, everything, how you can look at those pieces of the value chain different. And the last third, my favorite third of the book is for those people that aren't money motivated and are looking for meaning in their life, because I believe the purpose in life is to have a purpose, is how to apply those same things that you learn to global problems, whatever they may be, education, access to clean water, healthcare, global warming, makes no difference. The world's got plenty of problems for you to pick one to solve. And I got to tell you, the most rewarding part of writing a book, so for everybody listening, don't give up, 
is every single day my inbox is filled with emails from people saying this changed their life, this helped them. Uh, whether I deserve the praise or not, it was just so wonderful to hear that I was able to help people in over a hundred countries. I've heard from people. It's, it's really a, a, a wonderful experience that no other aspect of, of business has ever provided. I, I've created technologies and been part of technologies that are used by billions of people and you never hear anything. But <laughs> the fact that a book connects in a way that is so intimate that a person is changed by reading a book that they see the world differently, that there's a before and after in their life, and that book was the defining moment. That's just a wonderful experience that I hope everybody gets to experience. Okay, so then I will have to ask you, did you expect that? Or what kind of expectations did you have before publishing the book? And what happened in reality? Great question. So no, I was so focused on I didn't want to le let anyone down. I wanted to get as much knowledge and practical guidance for people to help them in their life's journey into, into you know, 300 pages uh, that I didn't really think about what happens when somebody reads it. And as visible as I am on Facebook or, or Instagram or Twitter or, or however you, you reach me, it didn't occur to me that in the 21st century, when people like something, they can instantly respond. And so that dialogue uh, has been fascinating. Um, and I've gotten to meet some really interesting people as I travel then around the world uh, giving speeches. I get to meet some of the readers, and uh, it's really kind of a, a nice new community of people that, you know, want to make the world a, a better place and are doing something about it, even if it's just making their own lives better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, actually, I'm, I'm a big advocate of relationships. And I truly believe that no matter what, what business you are at, relationships are at core, and it, you know, you basically uh, depend on them. And um, what, and that kind of, you know, makes me ask you how, what's your preferred way and how you are engaging with your readers? Um, so the easiest way is I, I put up a website. It's my name, J-A-Y-S-A-M-I-T.com. And so people can, can, can reach me out that way. Uh, Twitter's another one, at Jay Samet. Uh, those are probably the easiest ways. And, uh, I try to answer every single person as, you know, quickly as, as humanly possible. Uh, you know, there are, Days where the inbox is very full, but I, I appreciate people's time and time is our most precious resource. You cannot buy more of it. So yeah. use it wisely. You know, it's, it's interesting. And here's what writers really recognize that most people don't. You don't get to live forever, but what you create can. So mm -hmm. why not focus on making what you create matter? You know, how, how can you leave this planet better than you found it? How can you enrich other people's lives? You will get more joy from that gift of giving than anything else. And, and if you're afraid to try, you know, I'm, I'm now in my fifties and here's what I could tell anybody that's, that's younger. Go talk to somebody that's in their seventies or eighties or nineties. And I guarantee you they have more regrets in life for the things that they didn't try mm -hmm. than the things that they tried and failed at. 
Yeah, true. I had the same uh, feeling when talking to older people and when they were reflecting on their lives. They had more things they wished they did than um, things that they were happy about doing. Yeah, that's and 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 if you're if you really want to be introspective and have that existential conversation with yourself, I, I ask your listeners just to ask themselves honestly the following question. Look in the mirror and just ask you, are you living life or are you just paying bills until you die? Because if you're not living life, unless you really, really believe that you get another shot at this, um, make the most of it. You will find a way to, to cover the, the financial needs with, with effort, but that gives you plenty of other time to do something that gives you purpose yeah exactly and uh, well i'm just trying to kind of you know follow the writer's journey when they are just starting so let's say we um we have an idea we are very passionate about that we want to share it with the world we end up writing a book and then the things that are quite hard come into way and uh, you have to make yourself visible most probably. I I mean, while writing the book also, but later on, people have to know that this book exists so you can share your message with them. What, where do we start? What do we do first? So I can't speak for others, but here's where I started. I knew that I was going to do this. So I started on Twitter tweeting generally about the topic of entrepreneurship, motivation, you know, making a difference to start building that following. And I made sure it was, you know, I set up my, my tweets every Sunday night. I made sure that you got at least two tweets or three tweets every single day, nonstop today. I think I'm at 13,000 tweets. So that becomes a routine every Sunday night, loading those in to make sure that I am building that audience. Uh, then I really wanted to say, well, what do I have to share? What do I do differently? What am I the, why should somebody give up some of their time for something that I have to say? You know, being a writer is actually a very selfish and egotistical statement. It means that you believe that you have something that is worthy of other people's time. So I take that responsibility heavily and I started writing out down without structure various things that I thought were important that I'd learned. And then I looked at, at who I'd worked with, you know, uh, you know, uh, Steve Jobs and Steven Spielberg and all these, these people that are household names and saw, you know, Richard Branson's journey and everybody. And what do we all have in common? And pretty soon you have a structure and then you have a draft. And I still didn't know whether my writing would be considered good enough by a real publisher. So when I went out to, to take it out there, I said I was willing, if they told me, to have somebody else rewrite it if they told me that I couldn't write. And I was surprised and pleased that they said, no, they liked the writing and uh, worked with, with an editor to make sure that the order that I put the things, that the structure was at a pace that matched readers' expectations. So if you can find a good editor, what an editor does isn't rewrite anything, but really help you, you know, take a third party perspective of, Ooh, maybe you need a little bit more here. Could you write about this? Or I couldn't follow your logic there. And so that, that was the process for me. And then 
as I knew once that structure was, and since it takes from when you deliver a manuscript to a publisher till the book comes out is over a year and a half, which was painful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I spent that time. I mean, they could do it overnight. Um, I spent that time really then writing columns, blogs, uh, Harvard Business Review, TechCrunch, uh, you know, any publication that I could, stories that matched the theme of the book and then tagged each one, you know, written by Jay Samet, author of the forthcoming book, Disrupt You. Uh, so that was all the prequel. And then when it comes out, you then really have to find a way to, you know, reach a huge audience. And, you know, Facebook, you can target. In my case, uh, I made a, a video trailer that's on YouTube. So if you search Jay Salmon and Disrupt You. And the trailer, you know, is where I really put a lot of effort to really, you know, convey what I thought was was the message of the book. And though the trailer was only viewed, you know, 7,000 times, it was those people that became your first buyers that told others and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, entrepreneurship, uh, it's, it's such a popular thing these days and everyone is talking about that. Everyone would like to become an entrepreneur and it's kind of, you know, it has become like a common theme and something really nice and shiny that people kind of, you know, get attracted to. Um, I was just wondering, do you think that anyone can become an entrepreneur or there are some certain personality types that can do it better or have higher chances to succeed in that field? So I'll answer your, your second statement first. I don't believe there's certain personality types, period. And we talk about that and disrupt you. If you're told you're an introvert, you're an extrovert, you're this or that, you're malleable. You can change. You can adapt. We're the most adaptable race of beings ever created. We can live in a desert. We can live in frozen snow. We can change your personality too. So that basically says, yes, anyone can be an entrepreneur. Anyone can have success. Anyone become, can become a, a millionaire. I, 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 one of the ways that I, I started plotting out the book in my head is I started teaching a course at the university level on how to build a, a startup. And uh, students from one of my classes came to me with an idea. I thought it was one of the best ideas anybody had come to me with in years. Went, got them their, their, their funding two weeks later. Their first year, they did $150 million uh, in their 20s. So it really is very achievable. Actually, building a global business has never been easier. So that's the other thing. Many people think too small or too local. Two young uh, men were stuck in traffic in Tel Aviv, not exactly the busiest or largest city in the world. And they're, they're complaining about traffic like you and I would do. And they said, wait a second. The phone company knows that my phone is in my car. It knows that that other driver's phone is in his car. It could tell me to go left and them to go right and there'd be no traffic. And that was the genesis of Waze. So what you find out is you don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to have any special training. You only need two things to succeed as an entrepreneur, an idea and drive. So if you're persistent, you'll get there. It may not be the path that you started on, but by working hard, you'll discover something that no one else that was lazy ever came across. 
And that's where opportunities come from. Oh, yeah. And there are so many pe lazy people out there that, you know, your chances are quite high. <laughs> They're making it easy for you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many hours a week are people sitting and just watching television? Uh, if, yeah. you, if you'd spent that same hours writing, if you'd spent that same hours uh, building a, a, a business on Amazon or an eBay. And I'm amazed when I, I, I meet people that come up with some of the most basic ideas and very quickly turn them into something huge. Uh, there's a, a, a woman that I write about in the book. She got a sales job for a very conservative company that was based in Florida. And Florida in the U.S. is very hot and humid. And they required her to wear pantyhose. Well, she wanted to wear open toe sandals. It's, you know, the fashionable thing, but you can't wear pantyhose with, with sandals. So she tried cutting off the toes. She tried every little thing she could think of. And one day she came up with something that she thought was interesting. And she tried to go to business people and said, what about you make us a product? And they all laughed at her. Um, one hosiery uh, company literally ripped up her business card in her face and laughed at wow. her. So she had no money. She didn't know anything. She went to a bookstore, Barnes and Noble, and bought patents for dummies. She wrote her own patent. Um, the name of her company is Spanx, and mm -hmm. she is a billionaire today. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's it's all these stories, kind of you know, prove again and again that one should not really uh, pay attention to those who don't believe in you because um, they are many and they're all around and they they will always be there. So it's not really. It, it's about how you react to to that. And I mean, the people who have the reaction of proving them wrong are actually the ones who are very motivated to go ahead and, and do their thing, I, I guess. No, 100%. And again, anybody that is telling you you can't is really holding up a mirror to themselves. They're yeah. saying they couldn't, they gave up, they don't believe it's going to happen, and, and why should you listen to them? If, if, and then the other side of it is I will actually say when I started my first company at 21, If I knew everything that I've learned in business and I've been had had the luck to be very successful and, and create global billion dollar companies, if I knew everything I knew today, back when I was 21, I would have known not to start my business. I would have known all the things that could go wrong <laughs> yeah. and I would have never launched. True. But I didn't know what could go wrong. I knew I had a good idea and nobody else was doing it. So this was my approach to, uh, you know, change the world. And did it go exactly smooth as I thought it would? No. But did it end up being, you know, a, a very, you know, big company? Yes. So that's really what it's all about. Well, you mentioned that, and I mentioned that word too. Uh, we spoke about luck. But um, do you really think it's luck? Or it's combination of many different elements. Oh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Oh yeah. Um, so, what is what is really luck? And, and, and here's where it goes back to. I'll, I want to give your your listeners two tips that'll change their lives, and, and it comes down to to this. There's a science and study of what's called effectuation, or the power of positive thinking. Mm -hmm. Think of that, that person at work that, that's always in a negative mood. Every office has one, right? They have a cloud over their head. That person will never come up with a good idea. Why? Because they have shut down emotionally, intellectually. 
They see the world as just a miserable problem, okay? Whereas if you wake up every day and say the following two things, one, today can be better than yesterday, and two, I have the power to make it so. You start looking at all those obstacles as opportunities. I'll give you another one. Annie, have you ever been in an airport when your flight was canceled? Oh, yeah. (laughs) What did you do? You sat there and said, my flight's canceled. And you sat around like everybody else, right? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I complained less about that than the others. But yes, that's what I did. (laughs) Okay. So here's what a disruptor does. Okay. Here's what somebody that I had the good fortune to work with did. He sat there and he looked around at all these people. He said, wait a second. All these people are stuck too. What if I find out what it costs to charter a plane, did the math in his head, held up a sign, sold tickets to everybody so he and his girlfriend got to fly for free. And that's how a record executive named Richard Branson launched an airline. It's that easy. He looked at a problem as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's kind of, you know, we, we have been following the flow for so long and we have been told the same things for so long that, uh, you know, at some point you end up just not realizing that you could eventually think outside the box. So when you write your book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, who is the audience? Who 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 would it connect to? Why would they read it? And then figure out who else wants to market to those people. Maybe it's a book that moms would like. Maybe there's a product out there that would want to give away 10,000 copies to their customers as a gift with purchase that would get 10,000 people to start talking about your book. Uh, you know, there's always a, a way to leverage what you've created on the back of somebody else that's already built that audience. Uh, and, and that's, that's part of the key. People are now taking Disrupt You and using it for corporate training. Uh, people are using it with their clergy to change the way that they're connecting with their, with their uh, parishioners. People are using it um, in universities. Uh, I just had a whole contingent of executives from Saudi Arabia and, and, and Jordan, whatever, that they know that the world's going to go to where oil will not be the center of things anymore. Uh, how do they disrupt their economy? How do they change it? I said, I didn't have the time to travel. So 25 of them came to LA uh, to, to learn how to change their business. So there's always a way to connect your thoughts with the world. And your cost of reaching people through social media or through email is zero. Oh, yeah. Zero. So write that extra email. Reach out to that mentor on LinkedIn. You know, you can build up a huge audience. You look at the people that have started YouTube channels from their basements, you know, and have, you know, make millions of dollars a year because they decided that they could. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you're not losing anything. The worst thing that could happen is that the email you've sent out will not get a response or they will say they don't have time for you. But then you end up in the same situation you are at right now. Uh, so it's there's always a chance that they, you know, things will develop and new opportunities will come out just because you took the courage and wrote those few, few lines and right. sent them out. And I think I learned this lesson in high school, and I didn't write about this in the book, but it's, it's the most basic of, 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 of biological instincts, okay? There's a pretty girl. Wow, I'd like to go out with that pretty girl. 
If I ask her out and she says no, nothing changed. I'm back to where I was. You didn't lose anything. You didn't embarrass anything. You tried, right? If she says yes, oh my God, I have a date with a beautiful girl. So that's the same approach to take to every opportunity in life. Trying is not failing. Failing to try is giving up yeah. before you even got in the game. Exactly. And I think that the most important thing is that if you tried, you would never end up going back and thinking, what if? Because, you know, it's it's always people feel into this trap of thinking about scenarios, about things that would happen if they did something, but they didn't. So it's and always, you know, nicer to try and know what happens rather than go back and, and make scenarios later on. And if I was going to give a writer one sentence of advice, it's this. Don't get it right. Get it written. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you just get it down... You can always rewrite, polish, improve. But the first step is to get it written. Exactly. And then take the time and effort, walk away from it for a couple of weeks, come back to it, you know, do whatever your process is. For me, as a, as a businessman, I spend hundreds of thousands of miles a year flying. Well, most people hate it because it's boring and it's a waste of time and energy. But for me, the phone isn't ringing. Emails aren't coming in. <laughs> I wrote a lot of my book at 35,000 feet. It was a time when I could just get in the zone, not be distracted, and put that time to use. Next time you're on a plane, look around and see who's maximizing their life and who's just coasting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of, you know, it's all, as you said, we all have the same 24 hours in a day, and it all depends how we use them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming over. It was really inspirational. And I'm absolutely sure that my listeners will get loads of value from from everything you said, because I, I, I'm making notes and I have so many quotes that I'm going to use in the show notes. <laughs> you can't imagine. So um, as before we leave each other, can you please tell the listeners where can they find you, how they can connect with you? Because I'm sure that some of them would like to. Sure. So my, my name is J-A-Y-J and last name Samit, S-A-M-I-T. So you can go to com. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Samet. Uh, those are probably the easiest places uh, to, to reach out to me. Uh, the book is Disrupt You. It'll give you a lot of, of tips on how to uh, achieve the success that you deserve. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot for dedicating this time for us. Um, because as you said, time is very valuable. Thanks, Anna. Have a wonderful day. That's all I had for you today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. As always, if you have two minutes, leave a review on iTunes for the podcast and subscribe to it so you help it grow and get more visibility. That in its turn will help me easier reach more people and encourage and inspire them to become authors. Well, take care. Have a great week. And I'll meet you in the next episode.